Nice one. Awesome. Microphone issues sorted and we're back into it. This is episode two of The Rock Zone. Uh, as ever, myself, Ben, Tom and Max, do you want to say hi, guys? Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, wicked, chaps. What are we talking about last <laughs> this week? Last week, we did a little bit of an intro, uh, talked about what, what went on. This week, I can't remember what we promised, but I think we were going to say shoes and also, uh, what was it? Was it somewhere in Germany? Frankfurt? That's the one. That's the one. Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess like well, it's only only been a short while. How are you guys doing? I'm going to make a concerted effort to not talk about my knee, because uh, uh, I don't want to bore you guys. But, um, yeah, the, the knee's coming on well, otherwise. And, um, yeah, busy, working. Yeah. It's just manic at the moment. So, um, what about you, Max? Yeah. The weather's slightly better in Manchester, although, that being said, it was still raining two days over the weekend. Um been playing some golf, just been hanging out, been feeling the doms, like mm. late, very late onset doms, uh, mm. after... What, from... I, from, I think from so, London. yeah, so I was, I was very ambitious and thought, you know what, I'm going to give myself two days rest and then start with an easy run, easy 5k, then did a little bit of strength work, found out that I'd lost a bit of strength, actually, over the past yeah. two weeks, and then did a hit workout i did a a pft actually um oh, cool. and when it came to the wall balls i literally hit a brick wall i was like how oh, on earth am i gonna get this up that's interesting because maybe there's worth like doing something we should do an episode on recovery mm. like post how much recovery how how much learnings from is that? enough training like is there any benefit to active recovery yeah. i don't know i I kind of want to hit the gym after this, like mm. a late night gym sesh, but my my legs are killing me from mm. from that PFT. I'm not quite sure. Um, what was, so what anyway. was your PFT time? Oh, you know what? I think I did it in just under 22 minutes, which was dead May. slow. <laughs> May I'd be dead chuffed with that. <laughs> uh, it's all relative. It's all relative. So I was I was gunning for sub 20, um, but mm. you know those warbles. I just I'm stuttering here because that's how it felt like when I was doing them. I was just, ah, just hard how am choke. I going to get this up? Yeah, hard choke, hard choke. Just hit the wall and mm. couldn't get them up. So twenty-one fifty or something. Yeah, just under twenty-two minutes. I was a little bit disappointed Mate, with that. Keeps getting better. That's good. Well done. I think my fastest was like nineteen minutes and thirty, forty seconds. Yeah, back to yeah, around that, around that. Bagged yourself anyway, a pair of shoes for that effort as well. You were, the, you were the winner on that day when they did the PFT. Uh, yeah. yeah, they did the giveaway. But I want to hear about yeah. Frankfurt first. Well, thing, well I'll, so I'll share some insights into Frankfurt, um, which will hopefully lead us into shoes because, boy, oh boy, do I have complaints about my shoes. So, Frankfurt, the idea was that I would try a High Rocks event in a different country because all of us have only really experienced it in the UK. Um, it's nice because we've done all UK events between the three of us. We've done London several times, actually. Um, we've done Birmingham, we've done Manchester. So we've kind of seen it all. We've got all those bases covered, which is nice. But man, we we can't have a podcast about High Rocks without ever having gone and participated mm. in the home country where it was born. 
Hyrox is mm. a German exported concept. So, I don't know. I wanted to see, is it any different? Is it the same? Mm. How would you place it on the... Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked now in my brain, but how would you place it on the top five German exported contents? Is it up there? <laughs> I feel like I'm super biased because I'm a real Hyrox junkie at the moment. But, man, Germany's given given the world some pretty good things um, <laughs> off the top of my head. Including myself. <laughs> including, including yourself, including myself. Nice. Um, I might not sound it, and I've been very deliberate in not developing a German accent like my mum and dad have. <laughs> um, top exports. Oh, cars. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'm going to say kitchen appliances. Oh, okay. I'm... Let's 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 change it to domestic appliances. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to you know say. Give me, more, going, give me one more. Give me one more. Give me one more. I was going to say, um, gardening equipment. Okay, I couldn't tell you a German house appliance or a gardening equipment, but that's probably me being dumb. But let's move on. Sorry, back to Frankfurt. What are you saying? Okay. Um, I'm just going to clarify real quick so that I'm not not being completely stupid here. Karcher, as you call it, the pressure washer, German concept. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even British people love, you know, cleaning, pressure washing their drives. Um, and <laughs> kitchen appliance, a Siemens washing machine. I wow, I've only just twigged that Siemens is German. Yeah. That's bad. Okay. Low cool. cost supermarkets, Aldi and Lidl. I don't know why oh, I didn't yeah. come up with that. Okay, good. Back to Bang. back yeah. back to the good stuff. So Frankfurt. Um so unsurprisingly, it was the exact same. <laughs> the exact same. And that's not to take away from it. I'm like not saying, oh no, it was the exact same. You boys know how sick the event is. It's awesome. Mm. And it was cool to see that they really can just pack up their stuff. I'm not sure if they travel across Europe with all of their rowers and sleds. That'd be something interesting for us to find mm. out. But certainly they can pack up and move to whatever major city they want, as long as it has a decent mm. sized convention center. And I got in there and it was very much the same process. A big... Tell you what, the most complicated thing is navigating these convention centers because they're normally on a weekend, right, these events, mm. and it's completely empty. So you have these huge halls, very limited staff working there, and you're trying to figure out in which one of these halls I'm supposed to be going. Um, so very straightforward check-in, runs super smooth, just like it does everywhere, um, mm. and get in, music's pumping, you got loads of people running around the track because my time my start time was just before one so the event was well underway mm. and it was awesome it was it was literally like any other high rocks um but there are a few differences that i noted um the event itself very much the same but how or the people that attended it and also kind of the facilities around it were a little bit different. So let me explain. Facilities were different in the sense that every single partner gym that they had, like a CrossFit box, mm. 
oh, I think mainly CrossFit boxers, they had their own little warm-up area. So they had like their own Ooh. pen where they got to drop their bags. They had a few benches there. It wasn't anything special, but it was just like, you know, a tag that said this is CrossFit Frankfurt Super Sick or whatever their name was. Um, and you had a family member or a friend like sat down there at all times kind of uh, guarding mm. the bags. They were warming up. Um, in there they had a whole team because I guess they were running in different mm. heats and different events so I'm not quite sure what to make of it maybe maybe let me ask you guys if I having now told you that what what do yeah. you think about that mm. like did they have equipment in each of the zones no so honestly picture a very basic fenced off area the same way you know yeah. how there's a athlete warm-up zone it's like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that fenced off, but there's no equipment in there. It's just yeah. a bench. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it's an improvement, isn't it? On yeah. well, I say an improvement. Compare that to London, and you've got a, basically a communal fenced off area, and you go in, you get your sort of wrist tag, your wristband sort of uh, upgraded, and you can basically just sit in the lap in the deck chairs and drink unlimited Red Bull. Is what you see in the UK one. Well, that's what I've seen in the Manchester and the London. And I always thought, like, it's a bit of a weird proposition, really, to be a partner or an affiliate gym. Uh, like, what do you really get from that? Do you get the, the PFTs coming to you? Do you get, like, are you just getting, like, brand awareness and sponsorship? Like, it doesn't sound like a great deal if you just want, like, a, v a VIP club. But I suppose there must be some benefits to it. Having heard you say that, Max, actually, in my mind, it makes so much sense because it makes so much sense sorry that that is a thing over in germany because it's been going for so long there and i think it's just like like you know if you imagine you got the crossfit you know putney or whatever or like that crossfit like franchise then you've got um what's another big gym, gym in the uk like gym box i imagine that they have their mm. own communities and this is a good like com like test or competition for them to test their their own like community mm. of athletes that are members alongside other groups and I guess because it's only been going for a year in the UK that hasn't developed so much yet but maybe that will come with time and I guess it's like probably a big thing now like you know how they have like the CrossFit it's not like the CrossFit game it's like their mm. own CrossFit thing but like you have loads of different gyms attending because they want to compete with other gyms and it's like a little competition yeah, so no, I think that's I th quite I cool think like, I think that will come unpacking yeah. that makes more sense now actually like I can see the, the community aspect of getting a team together of people that train together all the time to want to come and do the same thing. So it almost is, it's like a package holiday for them. Uh, but a little bit better than, better than Benidorm, I guess. So my opinion is actually different to what you guys have said. Um, mm. I agree with Tom that it's probably because it's been around for much longer. They've had a bigger time to expand their network also, if you look at how many events they have in Germany, there's more than the UK. I'm not sure how many off the top of my head, but I think something like six, seven, whereas mm. in the UK, you only have three. Um, so that makes sense as to why that's in place. But I like the idea, I can't remember who mentioned it, um, of pitting gyms up against each other that that's quite cool mm. but i think it kind of goes a little bit against what the high rocks concept is it's supposed to be you know running against all kinds of different people that's why when mm. you're in a heat you'll have people that are like in the over 40s category some 
like us in the 25 to 29s, um, you're supposed to be running with all kinds of different people. It's not supposed to be you come there with the mm. people you know and you leave with the people you know. You're supposed to go out and mingle a little bit. And I think in all of our experiences, you, what, one, you meet people on the track just through, yeah. like, joint hardship. Ben was making so many friends on his, um, I think, lunges most particular. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, the occasional one-liner, like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I... Who was it? I met the guy in the rock zone. I met the editor for Men's Health in the rock zone and him and I were like really going hard on the uh, sled pull. And uh, at the end, like we were just chatting, the going, well not chatting, but like the odd bit or here or there, like, come on, man. And at the end, just caught up and found out who he was. I was like, oh, wow. Like you knew your shit. You weren't just telling me to put some more effort in. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that, uh, and I'm sure you gla- I'm glad you made that connection with what a fairly interesting dude in fitness, yeah. right? Um, and I'm just thinking... If you're secluded in your own little box, are you kind of robbed from that opportunity a little bit? Are you going to go out of your not comfort zone? That's that's not tr- mm. the right word. But are you going to go and be as social, perhaps? Um, and looking in them, they didn't seem like anything amazing. It really just was. Yeah. This is where we can park our stuff and warm up. But you know, everyone there is super friendly you vibe off each other's energy everyone's there mm. the common goal everyone has the shared interest of putting themselves through a fitness challenge so i'm not sure about that i was just gonna say yeah like every time i've been i've, I've always met someone new come away with a new name in my phone not not like that but like just a, another friend um but i guess the the interesting thing is that like everyone turns up to compete and try and get their best time but also like positively reinforce that community spirit when you went to frankfurt did you come away with new friends as well admittedly no because it was a bit of a rush um i'd woken up at 5 a.m um eaten some pasta from the night before and then caught a flight from ibiza to frankfurt and then as you do very very standard race prep and then rushed to our apartment and then went to the event straight away so I went there with my girlfriend Nicole who was my cheerleader and my support shout out shout shout out to, (laughs) to, to the girlfriend and we were so knackered from that whole weekend. We didn't we didn't stick around for too long. I also thought we've got London coming up next week, so I'll be excused for not being too social this time round. Yeah. Uh, there was every opportunity to do that. Um, saying that, and I think I told you boys this is like the only little spoiler before I saved mm. the rest of this um, experience for the pod. Um, the guy who was counting my warbles. My God, I've never met a more intense person in your face motivating me to get those warbles up. And when I mean in my face, there was like two inches between my (laughs) nose and his nose. And he was like, Junger, let's go, pick it up. Um, Like holding, holding the little ticker in my face, like, you got this. And then Nicole was speaking English in the background. And then when I got to like rep 70 or so, he thought, hmm, maybe I need to change my tactic here and then swap from German to English. Hilarious. Um, I don't know who that guy is. I really need to follow some of, or scroll through some of the 
German uh, Instagram pages and find that guy because he seemed like he had some kind of like ambassador role. He was awesome. Um, the other thing that I want to mention about Frankfurt before we get into shoes, um, appreciate that this is a long segue into shoes. Um, for whatever reason, and I would have loved to have stopped uh, one of these people and asked them what their vibe was, but there was seemingly like 50 people all in matching Lycras repping Team Finland. And okay. I, I have no clue how or why that came about. I think it was predominantly women. I saw less men, but like looked super professional. They had whole training tops, but like leggings in neon blue with Team Finland on it. Mm. And that's not something that I've seen mm in the UK so far. So when we're looking at the doubles races, you see a lot of them like wearing matching attire, showing like everyone there that they're running as a team, right? You have that. But I've not seen a whole CrossFit gym, let alone a whole country, show up together and rep their merch or stash, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So I thought that was really interesting. And I'm sorry I don't have more to tell you about that. Um, but I think that might be something we can um, come back to in a later episode. We should definitely get the Team Finland head coach or whatever to come and chat to us. Right, next, when we get big enough, for the next one we'll get we some merch going. Back All the subscribers out there will yeah. be flogging uh, you the good, good. Which probably makes some good shoes, which is probably <laughs> leads us on nicely to how we should design these shoes. Um, but I guess, like, let's start at the very beginning. Like, Max, when you ran in Frankfurt, talk to me about your shoes. Like, they obviously go through the running, they go through mm. having traction with the sled push, sled pull. You've mm. got to get them in and out the rower. There's so many different factors. And I know personally, I've struggled to find a pair, but talk to me about what you've got. Exactly, exactly that. So, you need to find a shoe that's comfortable enough to run 8K in and your legs are going to be heavy and tired, right? So you need that extra cushioning. You don't really mm. want like a really flat shoe. Um, but at the same time, the more padding you have, the more difficult it is for the exercises, especially the sled push and pull. That's, mm. that's the real crux. I think getting any shoe out of the rower is tricky, but... Mm you know lunges ski erg you can you can get away with wearing a running shoe on that but on those dreaded gray carpets pushing or pulling that sled with like mm. a wobbly base that's so hard and what happened to mm. me in frankfurt because i'm not a great runner i need a lot of help and i have these like special insoles what yeah, shoes so are they that you're using at the moment i think they're just adidas ultra boost um Mm. pretty pretty standard looking yeah. running shoe nothing special they do have a bit of foam on the heel um but not like a crazy amount not like a small amount i'd just say your average running shoe really are they, um, they're the ones with the continental grip yes yeah yeah they are yeah, yeah, yeah. they are yes and yes, they are the, I, I really I like them i really like them as running shoes and I've i've not had a problem with the grip as such literally literally those bends just holding up um yeah yeah a like, very similar looking pair to the camera. Is, yeah. yeah, sorry, for, yeah, for everyone. Like, uh, yeah, I run in a, I ran the race in an Ultra Boost. I didn't want to do it in those, and uh, they, I had some 
the thing is, I train in them. Like, I, I, I use them because I can knock them on, go to the gym, do some weightlifting in them, and not be too fussed. Uh, I found that the the grip's good, but I didn't feel I could run in them. Um, my running shoe is like the I go for a, a Nike Zoom X, and it's got quite a high heel at the back. Mm. But it's also got that sort of asterisk tail, and that is a nightmare to get in and out the rower. Um, you know so what? that struck you know what? You're, me. Th- that that does make sense. I was thinking all shoes are the same for rower, but that extra little swooshy yeah. thing at the back, yeah, definitely. Um, so what what happened to me, unfortunately, is that I pushed myself out of my shoes on my sled, and really? in doing so, yeah. And in doing so, I also broke my insoles oh, so that they were off-centered. Um, and consequently, my toes really, really suffered uh, later on in the mm. race. Um, so much so that I was genuinely a little bit scared about, am I going to complete this? Because those lunges just killed my toes. I appreciate that toes is a bit of a weird one Tom's smiling mm. at me um it's not a common runner's issue but it, it's it's my issue and it's unfortunately something I need to deal with but um in any case I pushed myself out of my shoes because they weren't enclosed enough if that makes sense so mm. the the laces weren't done up one enough uh so weren't done up firstly and that's because I like having a loose shoe when I'm running yeah um, and also they just didn't tie tight enough. And mm. because of that, I think at least three times I pushed myself out of my shoes. You've got a padded upper as well. Like your your upper on your shoe is like a, it's got some sponge to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And it was so annoying. There and then, because it's the second exercise, I thought, oh, my race is finished. Um, yeah. this is This is a nightmare. I did then... You know, rally, rally myself back up, and thought, you know mm. what, you've trained hard for this. You want to do this? We'll finish the race, and it worked out in the end. And I did beat my time, which is cool. Um, well, there's some instant seconds there, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it it is a real struggle. And I mm. still, if I'm honest, I want to hear your guys' opinions because I'm I'm not sure if I want to sacrifice a bit of padding next time, perhaps in exchange for a more flat-footed shoe, so that I can push that sled. Mm. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? So, my my so I've I haven't got like toe issues and stuff like that. Like my my feet, I've never really had any issues with my feet, so I've been quite lucky in that regard. Um, I the for the two hierarchies I did, I think my first event I ran in a pair of Asics. Or Mizuno. I ran a pair of Mizuno mm. shoes, which are running shoes. Um, kind of odd. Um, and then I ran in the Puma Nitro. The ones you won shoes. from your PFT. The ones I won from the PFT. Is that exactly. the one that they recommend? So, yeah. It is the one they recommend. <laughs> but it was actually quite good. I was actually, yeah. Because it is, but it's a big thing. Like a few, So a few takeaways that I've got mm. on running, on shoes, sorry. Firstly, if you're going to do a high rocks, don't wear don't like mm. wear a brand new pair of shoes to the high rocks events because that's going to fuck was... you up um make sure that you like got a pair that you know and use and they might not be the best pair mm. but like at least you're comfortable in them um and no no i, was, I, was, I took that from you ben but that's i was gonna say i was so close to buying uh, a new pair um, and doing it on the day and you you talked me out of it i think i was like oh, yeah. i might pick up it you're like no no it's just it's just not it's just like it's like uh, like 
you know, maybe put a new T-shirt on or something. But like shoes is like such a critical piece to this high rocks puzzle that like if you put mm. a new thing in, it, it might it, it could just like totally like screw you up. Um, but some takeaways I've got. First of all, you got to remember half of mm. the event is running, which is the biggest piece of that of that of that puzzle. Like every other every other exercise you do will last maybe four or five minutes or a bit less, and you've got eight kilometers of running, which takes up at least half of the whole event itself. Mm. So factor that in. Don't not buy running shoes. Like it's probably better to mm. have a running shoe or one that's better for running than something else. Um, second thing that I that I took away was you want to have a stiff upper. For me, at least, I felt mm. it was useful having a stiffer upper like. Um, piece because I like you kind of mentioned Max like I felt supported in some weird movements that you end up doing like when you're doing the sled push you're like literally on on Mm. the very very tippy toes and like forcing so much weight through there and you want to have some support that's keeping the top of your foot in place Um, the other thing that I had was make sure that it's got a good grippy sole Um, the nitro boost and the Mizuno shoe that I had were both quite grippy Actually, no, the Mizuno wasn't grippy and I felt that and suffered in some of the exercises. And then I put on the nitro running one and because it had like real texture on the bottom of it, um, I felt that much more useful because the carpets, like you said, Max, that are there aren't very grippy, like when you're pushing things and pulling things. And the last thing I would say is like I wanted to make it relatively Mm. light. Um, You don't want to run around, plod around in a heavy shoe because, again, you're running it's going to take up the majority of the event. Like you need to have something that's not going to weigh you down. But that's my um, so that's my. I, piece. I agree with what you're saying, that half of the event is running, and that should be the most important. So in essence, you've got nine exercises, right? They're eight functional mm. movements, but then the run, which is by far the longest yeah. one. The only issue to like play devil's advocate here, if you're like me, or in a worse scenario you can't complete a sled push because you've got a running shoe on and you literally cannot move it or it takes you 10 or 15 minutes to Mm. move it then surely it's no use that you can run a four minute uh, four minute k as opposed to a six minute k so so what's your angle here it's that the if your shoes are so bad you can't do an exercise then you can't complete the whole race well, if you're if you're if you've gone for a pure running shoe, say yeah, your yeah, yeah. Um, Nike Zooms, what will yeah. the, benefit the benefit be if if yeah, you can't yeah. complete an exercise? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's true. Like, I mean, even just winding it back to like improving on exercises, if you blast yourself on the ski erg and do like take twenty seconds off your time, you've just made yourself a lot more uncomfortable for the next run uh, and taking your energy out. And it's like surely being able to pick up some time over the run overall is better than blasting yourself on one exercise. But um, I think I kind of arrived, I went to um, runner's needs uh, the week before and uh, I couldn't get a booking straight away to get my gait analysis done. But I did start chatting to the guy and he was saying, oh, um, I was like, oh look, this is what Hyrox is. It's for eight functional movements and uh, 8K of running. So and he was like, that's a lot of running. Like really you want like a, a decent running shoe that is he was like oh do you want like a high rock shoe i was like no it's like he was like oh okay you need a running shoe that you're then only doing exercises for and that's where he landed and i kind of tend to agree and looking into the shoes and the sort of like the drop off or i don't i don't know what the technical term is but the the height of the tip of the toe near the toe box between the 
top of the tip and the ground. Uh, I think like runners look into that quite a bit for like basically the ability to like pull their foot through on each motion, so you don't catch the ground. And I kind of like having done a little bit of research. I'm not too well versed in it. You kind of want something on the lower to the mid side of like what the market's giving you. Um, I think the other thing about shoes that was really interesting for me was that like with the Ultra Boost, the sole almost kicks out at like 30 degree flare. So you kind of get more support on the outside of your foot. And I found that quite useful uh, for, I, I want to say like changing direction, just sort of more, some of the lunges and things like that. Like if I did exercises, I've done exercises in my Zoom X's before and the heel is, there's no ankle support or anything like that. The heel is just so high. It's like trying to do things on stilettos. Great for running because that thick heel is giving you loads of cushioning. But mm -hmm. as soon as you come into like doing anything where your foot is meant to be flat, um, it's just not not possible. So I guess I'm currently in the market for a pair of shoes, um, and I would like to get my gait analysis done before. Like I know that Blake, he he got a pair of the Sockenies and he couldn't run on them. He he tried them out and the the sole was just too wide. He kept on tripping. So I think it depends on people's running styles. So Max, I know you like to run ball to heel. Yeah, it, it oh. has since changed because, well, that's why my toes hurt so much. I, I did some serious damage to it. So I'm, I'm much more back to conventional heel striking as much as possible using that cushion. Yeah, yeah I think that's the thing. It's like we've evolved, like, wow, I was having this chat the other day, um, like on a hike because like I was hiking on the weekend in Wales and, uh, going uphill i was like yeah all four of these boots are wicked going downhill my toes are just taking an impact and they were just that little bit too big and i guess it's the same in like high rocks you just need a shoe that you're comfortable in you train all the time in and you you nail on the day like you don't want to be thinking about this and i find it quite an interesting topic that everyone always comes back to when they're trying to get into high rocks or oh, what shoes do i need you sort of do the pfts in your like regular training trainers and then like for me i did the event and i was like ah, well I get, went into it knowing I wanted a pair of better shoes, and I know next time I'm definitely going to have a better, pair of better shoes. Um, so if you guys were to recommend a shoe, what would you go for? I would recommend, and this is not endorsed by anyone, but I would recommend the Puma Nitro shoes. Um, because, I mean, of everything I just said, but I think, I, think the, the, I think for me the most important thing is making sure that like it is... Hmm supporting mm. so it's relatively stiff um and also it's got good grip on the bottom because mm. like you said max if you're if you're trying to push a sled or get some traction and pull um the sled mm. and stuff like that you just you, like you literally can't do it if you have no grip on the sole and i think that's is a big sticking point for lots of people they like literally get mm. to that bit and they can't push and it makes it so much harder um so that would be what that i mean I, I, and and mm. those are, those have served me well so i would side with what you're saying the thing that I would add to it, or perhaps a different way of looking at it, mm. is to have a running shoe that you can run those 8K in, but that you can tie up enough sufficiently mm. so that it's not constrictive, but certainly that if you like properly tug it and tear it, that's not going to fall off your feet. Mm. Because that's the experience that I made. It's, it's pretty easy especially when you move up to the pro weights because that's even harder so you're even more liable to like reach that point where something needs mm. to give and 
it might unfortunately be your shoes because they're just the weakest point. Um, so have a grippy sole, certainly something that's nice and cushioned enough for you to run 8K mm. in, but also that you can tie up tightly enough so that if it gets tugged and torn in all kinds of different ways, if you're doing lunges, if you're doing a sled push, whatever, that you can still mm. keep them on your feet, basically. Do you reckon there's any... Um... Do you reckon there's anything in in the rules stipulating that you can't yeah. swap shoes out? You know what? Certain <laughs> events, like have you have like get someone to just be there holding a pair of shoes. It, interesting like, enough, I was thinking that. I was thinking, what am I going to do? Um, is it a <laughs> yeah. possibility for me to just put on a different pair of shoes just for that? And then hmm. the the idea just kind of got scrapped away in my mind straight away because I was thinking, how long is a shoe change going to take? Especially when I'm huffing and puffing. Uh, that's, that's surely <laughs> going to take two minutes, if not more. Bit, a bit of Velcro though, a bit of Velcro, and you're yeah. off to the races. I think. Imagine if you like, would spikes do anything to a sled push? Like, I think you'd have so much traction, it'd be wicked. I think you would also. Your, your, yeah, they your would. Feet but yeah, but you don't. You don't need pop them on for that one. Exercise. It sounds like like what we've all been talking about here is all thinking about sled push, and like that's that's the area that our running shoes mm. are falling down in, but. For me, like I think one of my mm. big concerns, or like one of the things that I felt felt was annoying for me, was trying to get in and out of the rowing machine and the time there. And that I, I did my row in uh, three minute, three minutes thirty or three minutes forty something. And quick row, uh, very I, quick row. Yeah, oh, mate, I'm a long guy. <laughs> and then uh, then I, I think I, I lost uh, about forty five seconds in total of uh, getting to the rower, which I didn't think I didn't walk at that. Point, but more like adjusting the size of the uh, the shoe holder, whatever it is, and then getting my heel in and stuff like that, and that that was like dead time. Mm. And having run in, having tried to use a rower just just training in the gym with the Zoom X's, it's just not possible. So I think the other thing we need to consider when we pick a good shoe is the like the heel form factor in terms of being conducive to probably only the rower. Um, I don't think it really makes much difference for the lunges, the farmers carry. I think all the things where you're not really moving at speed or putting heavy forces through your feet in a sort of lateral lateral way, just not straight into the ground, I guess. Um, like that's that's the ticket. So I say if you buy a pair, or if you try, if you're tr testing a pair, or you want advice on a pair, ask about the rower and how hard it is to push heavy weights. Um, that's probably the two steers yeah. and then besides that it's just if you can run like if you can run in them and you feel comfortable then you're, you're gravy I, I like those two 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 points something 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 that we need to can't then we can't forget is that I've got size 30 <laughs> Big, so there's going to be a bit of a challenge to get this big in any of these fucking mirrors whereas Max that and I have true. normal Mate, size shoes it's a curse yeah. I can't find shoes I honestly can't find shoes when I go shopping for them anytime I go anywhere Nike Town London always sold out don't stock it in office like I'm sorry so it's hard to buy shoes online which is why like having conversations like this and there's some really good videos on YouTube about people who like run 5k's every day they have like 12 pairs of shoes and they say oh I'm doing a high rocks I'm going to do this shoe so like go check them out I mean I would plug them but I, my memory's like a goldfish so I, I can't remember what they're called I think let's let's try and wrap this up because we're approaching the forty minute mark. I like what Ben did there. Two two key points. I might add one myself, but just to recap, Ben, you've said we want one that you can run in, 
one that you feel comfortable pushing heavy weights in, but maybe also one that isn't too high off the heel, so that when you're doing warbles, for instance, or lunges, mm. that you're not wobbling about the place. So maybe those three aspects, um, and then take Tom's point in as well of having a grippy soul to to round yeah. it all off. Um, boys, I think that's been a pretty intense podcast we started off talking about kitchen appliances and then quickly got into like the more serious stuff um i have a proposal for next Mm -hmm. episode i've been listening to some other podcasts that have been reviewing high rocks event and by and far they've been like glowing reviews the same way we Mm. rave about this we pick bits apart but i i hope it's clear from the way we talk about it we fucking love this shit we are so mad for it. Um, but something that was mentioned is movement standards and mm. lack of enforcement of those um, through the volunteers. Um, not something that I necessarily picked up mm. on too much until Ben got called out for his burpees. And I'm still not entirely sure yeah. what was going on there. I was trying to have a word with your um, referee or volunteer who was yeah. who was calling you out because I uh, honestly didn't know what you were doing yeah. wrong, um, but I think burpees and warbles are the biggest area for contention. Everything else is kind of like you push mm. or you pull or you lunge or you. I think the 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 ski erg and the row might be the easiest one. Like it's, it's however you want to do it. Just get a thousand meters right. Use your feet if you want to um, yeah. on the rower, but you know whatever. Um, and I just thought that might be an interesting point that we pick up on because mm. I myself did not necessarily have a negative experience with any of that. But there were some people that were perhaps saying there's a bit of unfairness going on because some people are like barely hitting the targets and getting a rep for it. Others are being told mm. you're not going deep enough, uh, even though they are. So I think that might be an interesting one to explore next time round. Yeah, I'm all for it. I honestly want to get to the bottom of why someone thought that I couldn't do a burpee. Um, Well, it's not that. It was more the... I think I was following the technique. I I went back and watched the video. Anyway, we'll get into it uh, on the the next episode. But it's been an awesome time to talk to you guys. I hope everyone else has uh, sort of listened in and thought what we were saying was mildly insightful. Um, But, chaps, until next time, uh, peace and love and stay fit and sexy. Rock Zone out. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha